Welcome to Podcast with KK Beidou, where we answer all the nagging questions on top of your mind. My name is Yehoa Shida Ashankote, and I'm here in the studio with Pastor KK Beidou. How are you doing, KK? Ah, I'm doing very well by the grace of God. How about you too? Very good, sir. Okay, so, so we, we recently heard that you had a recent trip to Gambia. Can you please share some light on how the trip went? Yeah, initially it was supposed to have been a, actually the three-nation tour. Well, I was supposed to be in Gambia, um, then from then I would have gone to Nigeria, then to Eswatini. There was some good work happening in Gambia, by God's grace, um, with the, the, on the University of the Gambia campus. We had what we call Chocolate Talk, and with our new country director, I thought it was a good one, and everything was going fine until the COVID-19 struck there and all of that. So I had to quickly return to Ghana. So we're hoping to see if, when everything calms down. We will just see whether we can go back and continue for the year. That's amazing. We hope to hear more from you. The question of guilt and condemnation still seems to raise a certain level of worry and concern amongst most teenagers. Today, we seek to shed more light on what guilt is and how we as teenagers can overcome this cancer that is spreading rapidly in our society. So my first question is, what is guilt? Guilt is a feeling. Uh, The feeling you and God are not fine. The feeling that God has something against you, or more like a feeling that you 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 have done something against God, and God is not very happy, and and so when God hears your name, it's more like He says, "Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like that guy." It's more like uh, you know you feel that you have done something wrong, and you can no longer come to God without sorting some things out with God first. It's more like, say, you have a problem with God, if I should say. And none of these are dictionary. They are more descriptive than, uh, you know, academic uh, um, definitions, I should say. Okay, so whenever we mention the terms guilt and condemnation, many people seem to get confused with these two terms. Can you kindly tell us if these two terms are have the same meaning? Uh, well, they are very related. What I would say is, I would say that... Um, Probably you can use both interchangeably, but uh, the problem would be that if you push me for me to give a difference, then I'll say perhaps that guilt starts the journey. So maybe um, when you've done something wrong, you feel the guilt. Then after the when it is you are unable to deal with the guilt for a while, then it degenerates into into condemnation. So I would say that it starts from guilt and perhaps ends in condemnation. Guilt that you don't deal with and condemnation that you don't, uh, guilt that you also don't confess usually will degenerate into um, condemnation. Very insightful, sir. Um, So I would like to ask, what, why or why do I feel guilty in the first place? Why would someone feel guilty in the first place? Uh, Well, guilt is... It's like we say, it's a feeling, and I think it's because God created us in his image, as the Bible says. And because he created us in his image, what happened is that he's made us, we have his nature. And uh, we normally mention the conscience, and the conscience is is in our spiritual nature. And in that, um, Paul, for example, sometimes when he was talking, he would, you know, say things like in Romans chapter uh, 9 verse 1, you say things like, I speak the truth in Christ, I'm not lying, my conscience confirms it. Now you can see that in, in cases like this, you can see that this is a, um, a person who is saying that 
his conscience is clear and he that so it's more like he has an internal support system <laughs> you know we, we we do know that um people will disagree with some things as to what is right and what is wrong but your conscience will always tell you about uh, what it is so when you the, the guilt is, is is more like an internal alarm uh, that sounds when you you have done something that you know is is goes right against the fabric of what God created you to be, more like it, if I should say. Okay, that's thank you very much. What man puts out that isn't the fact that you feel guilty an actual sign that you are in the process of reformation? Well, I also initially thought guilt was a good thing. When I was growing up in my family, I didn't really see it being done to me because perhaps I was younger to notice. But when we all grew up, I saw it happen to my younger siblings where my parents would, uh, you know, when they have done something wrong, they would say, you try and beat them or try and do something to make them feel bad about it uh, or start crying. And we, I, I, I think we've all been socialized one way or the other to, to say that, you know, until someone is crying or someone is remorseful in a certain way, guilt helps the person to change. Uh, I, wouldn't also, I wouldn't also necessarily say that I would shoot for... You know, and I like what the scripture says in Second um, Corinthians chapter seven, verse ten. And let me just read it for you. It says, "For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation." This is from the New King James version. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So I'll here contrast, compare, and contrast the two. That um, one says, "It says sorrow, godly sorrow, produces repentance, leading to salvation." but not to be regretted but the sorrow of this world so there's there's actually i won't call it i'll call it conviction i don't know if it's a, a, a maybe for lack of a better word so instead of guilt you know there's the the guilt i don't like using guilt because guilt has a death element to it and let me give you an, a typical example that you have done something and immediately you've done something bad for example you've gone to you're not supposed to watch porn and you watch porn now, when you watch the porn, right after you watch the porn, you hear, let me give you a typical two exam, uh, voices that you can hear. Now, you hear a voice that says, you stupid guy. You call yourself a pastor. You call yourself a church leader. You call yourself a Bible study leader. Here you are. Look at how low you have sunk. What a terrible thing you have done. You are so stupid. There is nothing good about you. Then let's consider the second voice. The second voice that you hear that says, Hey, Shida, you, you, are, you sure, are you sure this is where you belong? You are, you are bigger than this. I created you to do big things. You are actually the one that is supposed to help people to stop watching porn. And you are sinking this low to watch the porn? Come on, rise up. Let me, I'm calling you more to, more like what Paul will say to the church in Corinth and says, don't you know, his head, these guys are fornicating. He comes to tell them that, don't you know that your, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You, you understand what I'm saying? So these two voices, which, which of them? So the guilt one is, you know, more like pushing you down. And I will call the conviction, conviction one is, is, is pulling you up from the doldrums you see, and, and bringing you up. So if someone says, the fact that I am guilty, I, I am changing, it's not a very, uh, I, I will not support it wholly unless I, I punch some holes 
or push uh, further into understanding what type of guilt there is. And I would, you know, I'll ask you what, what type of guilt there is. And you can tell me. And if you tell me, I will be able to tell you that it's changing. Because honestly, if you don't, if you don't get it correctly, if you don't hear the correct voice, you can end up actually going deeper uh, into the pit than than you were even initially. Okay, so quite recently I was speaking to someone and he seemed very alarmed and he raised a certain concern asking, Chida, so I don't feel guilty when I sin. Is there something wrong with me? What do you think about this? Yeah, well, we can call that. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very, very um, possible, you know. And um, uh, Paul alluded to this when he wrote his letter to Timothy. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, I'll just read a portion of it. And from the verse 1, he says, um, The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with hot iron. Now, this, this, the, the, this seared with hot iron is, um, is a process that was used in the past to disinfect um, sores. It was that process was called cauterization. Now, cauterization is, uh, I, I think, I, I don't know. When I was growing up, they used to do that to us. Uh, they would put a hot knife in the fire when you go and step on a nail. Then, when it's red, they pour oil on it and the oil pours directly into your sore to try and kind of disinfect it so that um, it's not infected. And they did that. And when they did that, what will happen is that the, the, the top skin will, uh, will be dried up, but inside it will still be fleshy. So the, the, it's been seared. Now, one, that, Paul was talking that there are some people whose conscience is like dead. It's dead. And they are unable to feel when they sin again, when they sin. So it's possible. Now, now we live in an era where many young people are saying they want to be atheists and all of that. I, I've had one boy come to me, um, I think, uh, either early this year or late last year. I've really forgotten. He came, um, but when he came to me, uh, the, the people had told me that he said he wanted to be an atheist. And as we talked and talked, he realized even that the atheist stand could not hold. And he eventually, you know, shifted his position to being a, an agnostic. And then, you know, as we chatted and chatted, I, 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 you know, I felt led to ask him a question. And um, he said, I asked him that, don't you feel that all of this atheism thing you are pushing is something you are really pushing to in order so that you can be able to uh, you know, feel free and sin without having any uh, thing, conscience, you know, uh, pricking you and all of that. And, you know, to my surprise, he said, you are right. I will totally agree with you. He kept saying it about three times, you know, trying to confirm that what I'm saying is true. But he still wanted to still be in that line. Now, for such a person, if he did anything and continued to do anything, he was doing it because his conscience is dead and he's, 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 he's no longer feeling the uh, guilt. Or perhaps it's, it has numbed it, numbed it, numbed it for so long that he eventually does not feel that there's anything, you know, to be to worry about anymore because the the God element that would have brought, of course, it, it, it makes sense because you see, take God out and we are now le- one. Someone has to be God because God is the one that brings the universal objective moral reasoning. So if that there's no objective, then we are left to all subjective. Maybe then I will say that even slapping you is not any bad thing because you know uh, we down there's no God, so we are left to make the rules. Together, uh, amongst ourselves. Okay, so I personally feel that people get it wrong between guilt and then being convicted by the Holy Spirit. What's your take on that? 
what do you mean that they get it wrong what is that um, so people usually get confused between the definition of guilt and then what it means to be actually convicted by the holy spirit yeah, well i think i give the definition or if i did uh, if i didn't let me just state it again it's more like um, there's an the holy spirit's uh, one is more of uplifting and it's you can see just like the scripture we read in second corinthians 7 10 that uh, the godly sorrow produces repentance and repentance is change of mind and so each time you feel so let me just give you a clear way to check if you are feeling that you need to go deeper into it's like and you see a lot of us eh, think that guilt and guilt the friend of guilt is sometimes is you can say it's remorse and so the remorse is you have regretted it but remorse is not it's not powerful enough for us to stop sinning you know why because guilt as i told you is a feeling and the feelings feelings by their nature are a byproduct of our thoughts so immediately our thoughts start changing feelings lose their power or they change so in that case, if you have just sinned and you have done something, that's what is occupying your mind. You've just realized you just masturbated or you just realized you just uh, insulted someone or you just stole somebody's thing. So at that time, your mind is occupied with the stealing or whatever it is. And as long as you continued, the guilt uh, uh, perpetuated. Now, in life, you no know, one in life continues in one particular area forever. You would go and eat. <laughs> or someone will call you. You change the topic and you start thinking about someone else. Once that happens, the, that feeling starts losing its power. And eventually, when it loses its power, you and that's how come the addiction cycle always continues or perpetuates. Because then you people, you know, the same power they felt when they were they, they had the sin at that guilt is it, not powerful enough anymore. What actually is more powerful is to realize your 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 place as a child of God. Because and that constant realization of who you are in Christ is much more, much more liberating. And, you know, that's how come in the story in John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11, a very, very interesting scripture there that the, the Bible says that this woman was caught in adultery in right in the very act. Now, Jesus Christ, knowing who he is, did not want this woman to come back again. And in the verse 11 made the most profound statement you could ever get. And the statement, every part of the statement is important, even the arrangement already thereof. Because the statement says very clearly that neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Now, within that statement, before I even come to analyze the statement, I will tell you very clearly that we, he, Jesus is making a, a theory here that unless condemnation goes, sin will not go. And I'll prove it to you later. Let me just tell you how it is i just told you about remorse now once remorse is so weak and condemnation makes you feel that because it takes a condemned mind to do condemned things what you just did is a condemned thing now before you can stop doing that condemned thing condemnation must leave your mind and until condemnation has left you you will do condemned things when you are doing your uh chores in the house cleaning the toilet cleaning the <laughs> the weeding do you wear your suit that you wear to your office your most expensive suit no immediately wear the suit you 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 don't get you don't you, it's, it's, you, your mind even changes that's condemnation for you the condemnation will make you wear that tattered clothes and keep you there because it will always take you to the toilet it will always take you to the backyard you understand so it until that mindset changes 
You see, God does not want us to, you know, settle for the, the, the low things. It, it, he wants us to, that's why uh, Colossians 3, 1, 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on earthly things. And that's what condemnation does to you. Condemnation makes you feel that you, you belong down here and you don't. And when immediately that pain and regret vanishes because you have changed your thoughts, then you are ready for the next sin to repeat it again. <laughs> So it doesn't. So Jesus said that I condemn, and you said it very. Well. He didn't say that neither go and sin no more because I have not condemned. He says neither do I condemn thee. Now what? Go and sin no more. When condemnation is gone, sin is it, it loses its power. You know, and we have to uh, think about it in that way. Otherwise, we we, we are working on on, on tenter hooks. Okay, that's that's very powerful. And um, I believe you've given us quite an in-depth knowledge about what guilt is. And can you kindly tell us what some of the effects of guilt are? Yeah, yeah, I think I've mentioned one of them already, of course, and most important, if I should say, it increases us our propensity to sin. Because then, once you are feeling guilty and that down, down, down effect pulling you down, you go down, 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 and you, <laughs> and you know that effect, one of the effects it will bring to you also is that, oh, you know, maybe, you know, I was talking to a guy two weeks ago who was struggling with porn. And I asked him, you know, about this same thing. And he was telling me, and I told him that, for example, maybe he had been able to stop uh, watching porn for like, say, and he himself told me like, say, two months or a month or two or something. Then maybe he's watching like an ordinary movie and then he sees uh, a kissing scene. Then, you know, he says, oh, Charlie, you have seen the thing already. He said, then you've kissed. Kissing is equal to this. Then go all the way. <laughs> or maybe he's walking about. He's a girl who started very wearing a tight jeans or something. He said, ah, you've looked at her butt. Say, now now go home and watch it well it's all coming from the down you are wearing the clothes you are wearing is making you do the things you are you, you you are doing if you can change your mind and know who you are in christ it will help you more another thing that the guilt does to us is that it brings depression you know because then it makes you very 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 sad and you know a lower self-esteem and when you see people i remember those days that i and i would struggle with masturbate and i would masturbate and suddenly everybody when i go to church i'm worshiping you know i'll hear a voice open your eyes and check and i'll <laughs> and when i when i open my eyes i see all these guys who are you know uh suddenly you know that day when i open my eyes see that day people will be worshiping <laughs> when they, it happens and I close uh, you know that I'll hear a voice I say are you can't you see people these are the correct righteous people right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know I, I eventually sit down and stop worshipping because then so it makes you sad and you know depressed and you know it, it, it saps your energy and it's just like you are not uh, you, you are not worthy you know and let me just say this that people think that oh uh, and I've already explained to you that guilt is not powerful enough to stop you from sin what you really need is to know the, the, who you are in Christ and the grace that he gave to you through Christ Jesus you take it and lift yourself up from there because if you don't do that then you stay there now the reason why we need to do that is that if we don't do that uh, we, the devil continues to keep us there and we must do that and I repeat as many times as it comes. You know why? Because the Bible, God himself has provided for that. In Romans chapter 5 verse 20, he says that when where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Now, you know, this inside that is a very sweet uh, thing to easily understand. Because he says, now, I'll ask you a question. 
Shida. Someone who is falling down the mountain, do they need to be pushed further? No. no, because they are already falling, so they don't need to be. What they need is two things. Number one, they need to be stopped. Yeah. The, 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 the descent has to be stopped. And then number two, they need to be pushed back up the mountain. And that's grace for you. Now, as many times as you fall on the mountain, you will not need to be pushed down because you will go down anyway. As many times as you fall and you are rolling down the mountain, you need to be you know, stopped and pushed back up. That's grace. And God says, I want you to be staying on the mountaintop. Therefore, if you fall, this is the plan. If you fall, this is the plan. If you fall. And we do this over and over again until you stand. And people like me, that's the story. I don't remember how many times I I asked for God for forgiveness for masturbation. For many, I think I masturbated close to about more than 3,000 times thereabout. Until I'm here now, by the grace of God, standing on the mountain. It takes, well, some of it also is the fact that I didn't get some correct teachings that I got. I got them late. Once I got them, my faith rose and I was able to shop from the supermarket of God himself. You understand? Yeah. Those are fantastic stories. So, can you kindly tell us how we can stay on the mountaintop? That's how to continue to overcome the, can- the cancer of guilt. Well, staying on the mountaintop is still a mindset thing. You need the correct information. Uh, I talked about that. I, I think next time we need to do a, a whole topic, talk on the idea principle. Yeah, Staying on the mountain is, you know, information. if only people knew how powerful information was. We will not joke with information. Information is everything. And that when we know information, we know what information does to us when we each time we pay attention to it. We, because if you want to stay on top of the mountain, have, have, have the correct information. Understand who you are in Christ. Read more. Do your quiet time every day. Get to know about what God is saying. Listen to preachers like um, 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 Joseph Prince. Listen to Abel Damina. He's in Nigeria. Listen to Andrew Womack. Listen to um, you know many, 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 many powerful uh, you know people who teach on the grace of God. That will allow you to be able to know who you are in Christ. You see, ultimately, it's identity. Let me give you an example. If you, excuse me to say, excuse me to say that you go to, you get out of this place and you see, you ask to get out of this studio and you, you go and you see uh, one of your best friends from school, excuse me to say, eating um, uh, feces, human excreta. Well, I mean, you are not someone who was one of the brightest people in school. You, you, you would not, you, you would, you would, you, you, you straight away, you know, he's something wrong up there. It's a mental issue. And, and that's how it is. If you see anyone who is down the mountain, it's a mental issue because we belong up there. That's where we belong. That's where God called us to stay there. And so as long as we continue to keep it, but we do fall. But when we do fall, return to the original information. And I love the story of the prodigal son. The Bible says that when he came to his senses, it's always about your senses. It's always about the information that you had. When you come and you start feeding, look at it. He fed on the right information. Suddenly, the correct information dawned on him. Because on all this while, he had been thinking about the wrong information. The information of thinking that he needed to be out of his father's trap. Because his father's place was keeping him restricted. But when he got out, his father's love spoke to him. The Bible says that he finally realized that his father's servants are fed more and better than he who was eating pig food at that time. 
Hallelujah. Amazing to know that at this point, he came to his senses. That's if you want to, and that's what brought him back to the mountain in this case, if I should say, you know. So staying on the mountain is all about information. Okay. So I believe we've been able to learn quite a lot of things that on how to stay on the mountain top. That's how to overcome this cancer of guilt. Thank you, lovely listeners, for listening to podcast with KK Bedu. I was your host, Yo Ashida Shonkute, and I believe we've been blessed by this podcast. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. So this has been Podcast with KK Bedu. For more materials like these, visit our podcast on Podcast with KK Bedu. You can also send us a message on Jesus at teensallowed.com. Like the Facebook page, KK Ministries, or the Teens Allowed Foundation page. Please prayerfully consider donating or partnering with Teens Allowed Foundation to help KK Bedu and the team to reach and win many more young people to Jesus. Call us on 0273-400-400. God richly bless you. Anything is possible, bigger than we used to be. We are good. We are new, getting bigger every day. Bigger.